Would you please pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we give thanks for your spirit that fills our world and fills our lives. And we pray that through your spirit, we may hear your word for us today. Amen. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and birds ate at it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately, but because the soil wasn't deep, when the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seeds fell among the thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to one. In another case, a yield of 60 to one. And in another case, a yield of 30 to one. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. This is the word of the Lord. If you read today's scripture in your Bible, you may notice that it's given a title, The Parable of the Sower. I've always remembered that title because the first time I studied it, my professor explained that it was named incorrectly. He said it should be called The Parable of the Soil because the focus is not on the farmer who sows seeds, but the different soils that determine whether or not the seeds will grow. In this reading, we're encouraged to reflect on how we are like soil that receive the seeds of faith and spirituality. So we might be like a well-trodden path whose soil is so hard that the seeds of new life cannot take root. The, the wounds of our past may have taught us to protect ourselves, which served us for a time, but now leaves us feeling spiritually dry and worn out. Or we might be like the, the shallow soil that's so eager for growth that we set out at an unsustainable pace, perhaps because we believe that's what faith is supposed to look like, or because we want faith to fill a hole in our lives that's more than any faith community or any spiritual practice can handle. So we wither up with disappointment. Or we might be like the soil filled with thorny plants that, that choke out the possibility of life. Like, Thoughts that intrude on our psyche and, and tell us we're not worthy of love. Stories we tell ourselves about what we've received compared to what we deserve. Stories that, that fill us with anger or fear. If, if any of that sounds familiar, this parable encourages us to, to do the inner work of cultivating the, the soil of our soul so we can open ourselves to 
wonder to curiosity and, and the possibility of new life. And, and I actually like this reading a lot. I find it really helpful, which is why I took the time to explain it. It's, it's also why Jesus explains the meaning of the different soils to the disciples when they don't understand this parable. But all this focus on the soil can lead us to believe that the right way to read this parable is to see ourselves as the soil. And that's not how parables work. There's no single way or single right way to read a parable. Parables invite us to enter into the story and discover what truth awaits us as we see ourselves as different characters in this story. So this morning, we're going to read this parable from the perspective of the farmer sowing seeds. Basically ask, what would it mean if we modeled our life after the farmer? So what does it mean? Well, it would mean that we're bad at farming. I mean, I, I mean I'm no expert, but I think that the point of farming is to grow plants. And if you want to grow plants, you need to plant seeds in soil where plants can grow. But the farmer in this parable is not trying to grow plants. According to Jesus' explanation, the farmer is spreading the word. And Jesus is not referring to scripture when he says the word, but the logos, the divine logic that's present in all things and gives all creation form. The divine logic that's made known through loving our neighbor as ourself. So the farmer is spreading the love of God that's poured out to the whole world. It's not reserved for only the best and most promising soil or the best and most promising people. God's love and attention is for all people. No matter where they are at, everyone is worthy of the opportunity for growth and new life. So if we read this parable from the perspective of the sower, it's not only about how we receive God's love, but also about sharing God's love indiscriminately. And this is where it gets hard. And well, I'm not saying that it's easy to do the inner work of facing our wounds, our insecurity, our pride, or whatever stymies and chokes out our spiritual growth. That's not easy. But like, at least it's mine. At least I'm in control. But loving people indiscriminately requires us to surrender that control. And that's where it gets scary. It's vulnerable to offer love and kindness and attention, generosity to people who might reject it or 
people who might not appreciate it or people who don't deserve it. And I, I feel kind of a, sort of dirty even suggesting that we consider some people as undeserving of love and kindness. But I, I see it in myself and I see it in, in the world around us. I see it the way that we treat a lot of folks on the margins. And, I, and in a different way, I can feel my own visceral bodily reaction to people who, who push rhetoric that leads to violence against the Asian community. I mean, that's just this week. I mean, offering those folks love and kindness is the last thing I want to do. But it's probably what the farmer in our parable would do. He spreads seeds of, of God's love just everywhere to all soil. And, and here I do actually want to get a little bit more specific about what I mean when I'm talking about offering people indiscriminate love and kindness. I'm not talking about romantic love. Probably don't want to offer that indiscriminately. You know, healthy relationships require boundaries and mutual respect, and it is appropriate to be discriminating about who you offer that kind of love to. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking more about dignity, about who we talk to on the street, who we're generous for, with, who we stand up for, and, and why. I'm talking about what it looks like to offer respect and kindness and authentic goodwill without the expectation that it will be received or returned. This, this is what the Old Testament calls chesed, or loving kindness. And offering it widely and wildly can be scary, but it can also be liberating. I mean, the farmer. The farmer doesn't look at their bad farming and take it personally. They don't start wondering, oh, that didn't grow. What's this mean about me? Did I do it wrong? Am I not worthy of love? No, the farmer knows their job to spread the seeds of God's love everywhere. And they don't take credit when it's received or blame when it's rejected. The farmer shares God's love indiscriminately as a gift to all. And, and I think that's actually the only way we can share love, as a gift. If we share love or love someone with the expectation of getting something in return, we're really just seeking to fill our own needs, but disguising it as love. And, you know, having our needs met in a relationship isn't a bad thing, but it's a different thing than indiscriminate love or unconditional love, which is what Jesus calls it. But it's the same thing, that love, that 
is offered without condition or expectation. It's the kind of love that God poured out into the person of Jesus and is poured out into each of us. This is what it means to be a child of God, to be shaped in the form of divine love. It's not always easy. Often it's scary. But but the fact that it's scary is why we need the season of Lent, a season to repent and reorient ourselves to the God of unconditional love. And in this season of turning to God, we have an image of what that looks like. A farmer sowing seeds of love widely and wildly. Amen.